Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive, and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. Jeffrey, and welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Take a pew beside the fire and I'll tell you of the friends I've had the fortune of making beyond the tree line. Before I escaped the city, I'd always struggled to understand how life could be so crowded and crammed into every corner of the place and yet could seem so lifeless at the same time. Nightfalls struck me differently. For life fills every inch of the clearing. It crawls across the forest floor and greets you every day in its own way. Tonight, let me tell you of the beautiful doe that was bold enough to make my acquaintance by the campfire in Nightfalls. Before we begin tonight's story, why not take a moment to wind down from the day? Come to a comfortable position and allow yourself some time to breathe deep. 
Feel your breath drifting in through your nose and out through your mouth. Breathe in and out. Inhale and exhale. Safe in the knowledge that each breath grants you a little of the peace and tranquility you deserve and draws you into a deep state of relaxation. Lying there, breathing easy, consider the last time you enjoyed a moment of stillness. Perhaps the last time you caught a breath that went uninterrupted was this morning when you awoke. Perhaps the sun has risen and set more than once since you enjoyed a moment of peace that was intruded upon. Know that this is your time to breathe, to be. Drawing a deep breath in, allow your eyes to gently drift closed. Exhaling, release the hold you have on the day. Breathing in, gather up all of the faces and places that are filled today. And as you sigh out in relief, release them on the gentle tide of your breath. Lying there, perhaps your mind is finally clear enough to begin listening. Maybe you can hear the gentle crackle of the campfire in nightfalls. Beyond the soft sound of your breath drifting in and out, you can hear the birds that nest in the clifftops singing their evening chorus. Inhaling and exhaling, begin to hear the falls themselves, cascading over the clifftop and filling the lake below. Drawing in a final deep breath, welcome the need for sleep into your body and exhale as you allow yourself to be transported to night falls and tonight's story begins I had a special visitor to the clearing today there was a little deer poking about in the woods peering out at me from the trees. She first appeared in the morning, not long after I woke up. She looked a little timid, hiding amongst the ferns, so I was mindful to move very quietly, going about my morning gently, so as not to startle her. 
I'd never seen this particular deer before. She was young and cautious, moving steadily through the bushes on her spindly legs, sniffing at the ground around her. As soon as I saw her, I tied poor Otto to a leash on a stick, as I had an inkling that we wouldn't take kindly to his erratic, rocketing energy. He didn't seem to mind his newfound lack of freedom, though. Once the leash was attached around his neck, he slumped contentedly down onto the ground and fell sound asleep. He was still laid there an hour later, spread out on his belly, snuffling and snoring softly as he snoozed, making no movement save for his ear twitches and the steady inflation and deflation of his little tummy. With Otto pacified, I hoped the little deer would come closer. She had pale speckles on her flank and was otherwise the colour of butterscotch with alert ears and watchful eyes. She would weave in and out of the trees, disappearing skittishly now and again before creeping back towards the clearing. It was not until I turned my back, heating a kettle of water over the fire to make some tea, that she took a step out from the tree line. By the time that I turned to see her, she had approached so that she was no more than ten feet from me. We both froze, locking eyes on one another. I was barely breathing, so as not to scare her. Eventually I made some soft coos and clicking noises that I thought somehow may bring her closer, like a neighborhood cat. Surprisingly, it did seem to work and she extended one little hoof ready to take a step in my direction. It was at this point that Otto stirred and bounded to his feet, running as far towards us as the leash would allow him, raising his paw in the air excitedly. The deer instantly bounded back into the tree line. She had already disappeared into the pines by the time I turned my head back. I looked back at Otto and chuckled. Not everyone understands your enthusiasm, I told him and ruffled his little ears. He tilted his head at me 
as if considering this. I released him from his leash and told him that I was going to look for the dough. I'd loved watching the graceful creature all morning and wanted to see where she would go. Usually, I wouldn't leave Otto behind when heading on a hike. But luckily, he seemed uninterested. I went to slump back into his position on the softest tuft of grass near the fire. I headed into the thick shrubbery and inhaled, as usual, taking in the thick perfume of the pines. This time of year has been a little wet, and vibrant green moss has begun to carpet the woodlands, green and springy underfoot. This was exceptionally useful to me today, as my steps were not making a sound. Little toadstools and more unusual fungi have sprung up from the wet soil, and I felt as if I had been transported to some enchanted fairy tale forest, half expecting to see little fairy doors on the thick stems of the red and white polka dot capped mushrooms. Some fungi are growing bright orange here and there, and some purpley brown, in flashes of colour and texture caught my attention against the soft green of the forest floor. I walked off path, feeling wet ferns tickling my calves with cool droplets of water as I passed. I figured the door wouldn't follow my well-trodden trails, so I veered off between the trees through the shrubs. Before long, I reached an area I hadn't seen before. There was a green pond before me, the colour of jade, surrounded by fluffy reeds and long grass. A few lily pads floated here and there, looking deceptively sturdy, as if I could sit on one and take a leisurely row around the pond. The reeds were swaying softly, the water rippling gently, and the clouds drifting leisurely above me. Across the pond was a small clearing, dotted with little white flowers and brown mushrooms. And there, caught in a twig, I saw a little tuft of white fur. It was hanging at the perfect height to have been snagged from the doe's tail. The clearing felt lived in somehow, 
with nibbled bushes and trampled ferns. This was purely a hunt, but I felt that I had found my vantage point. The deer would surely return here before long. I took a seat on a mossy stump, resting my back against a tall redwood. I'd found the perfect spot for a slow afternoon of watching the wilderness. Here, I would be shielded from view by the reeds of the pond. But my view of the clearing was unobstructed. I was sure the little doe would soon stroll into sight. I sat back and waited, enjoying the slow, repetitive throaty croak of a frog and the replies it soon conjured from the grass. Before long, a toad hopped by, stretching his long legs as he moved. He was brown and speckled, with a pale stomach, which tucked into three rolls as he sat on his hind legs in front of me. I watched his throat inflate as he riveted comically before hopping away towards the water. There was something incredibly relaxing about being sat here amongst the long grass, waiting for a little doe to pass me by. I felt that there was something captivating about seeing wildlife in its habitat. It is incredibly grounding to see creatures so connected with nature and so truly at home. I'd recently found myself intrigued by another of the more timid creatures who make their homes at the falls. I'd set my attention towards a secretive badger recently after I awoke one night to hear him snuffling by my shelter. All I saw of the fellow that night was a flash of black and white as he trundled back into the undergrowth. But I was determined to catch a better glimpse. The next day, I had a look in the little wildlife book that had been sitting on my shelf and picked out some of the badger's preferred foods. Apparently, they have a penchant for apples and raisins, both of which I had plenty of, and didn't mind sharing. That evening, at dusk, I placed a little pile of treats for him, strategically near my window, and sat up in bed, waiting for him to come snuffling over. The sun was setting then, shining golden through the trees, illuminating the dusting of pollen that hung rich in the air at that time of the season. The clearing was transformed into the inside of some form of 
golden glittery snow globe. And as I watched the pollen dance, my eyelids grew heavy and I fell asleep, still sitting up against my pillow. The next morning, with a slightly sore neck, I awoke to see the food gone. Naturally, my new nocturnal friend had come slinking around in the darkness, whilst I was in a deep sleep. I wondered if I could track his movements, but I am no wilderness expert, and saw nothing but the usual green grass and bushy ferns. I took a walk into the undergrowth, in the direction I saw him disappear. At first, I saw nothing out of the ordinary. The birds were singing their morning song as usual, and the woodland was green and alive, with swaying plants and scuttling squirrels. I was determined, so I began pacing backwards and forwards around this area, moving deeper into the trees. Before long, I came across a heap of displaced soil, fluffy and neatly piled, nestled just in front of some bushy ferns. I pulled the ferns away to reveal a burrow. The badger's burrow. It had to be, from the sheer size of it. It was a homely burrow, I supposed, tucked in at the bottom of a particularly tall pine tree and easily obscured by the curly leaves that covered it. Looking back in the direction of the clearing, I saw another, much smaller pile of soil next to another neat little hole. The badger had obviously been digging for food. Heading back to the clearing, I saw two or three more little holes, which gave me a good idea of his foraging route. I pinpointed his entrance into the clearing to a patch between two pine trees, where the ferns and long grass were more downtrodden than I would have expected. I mulled it over for a while, then went back to my shelter, where Otto was pottering about, pushing a ball back and forth with his nose. I detached the little bell I'd put on his collar. Otto loved chasing the littlest birds that would land in the clearing. And though he only ever wanted to play with them, I thought I would save them some nuisance by attaching a bell to his collar. He was no match for the birds now, 
with the jingling that announced his arrival. I also liked the tinkling noise. I think Otto liked it too. As he was moving was more of a spring in his step nowadays, as if to purposely make it chime. I tied the little bell to a particularly long and sturdy piece of grass. It was a long shot, but but the suspected entrance emerged just behind my shelter. And I thought, perhaps if I wasn't sleeping too deeply, the little jingle would alert me to the badger's presence. That night, as I was on the precipice of sleep, drifting off in my little camp bed, I heard the little bell ring. I almost ignored it, being beckoned to sleep, and unwilling to give up the comforts of my bed. But then, another little jingle sounded, and I pulled myself from my mattress. I peeked over the ledge of the wide open window to see a little shape emerging from the bushes. I say little, but he was bigger than Otto by a long way, and much sturdier and rotund too. As my eyes adjusted to the dusk, I saw the badger more clearly. He had a long pointed face, striped with white, and a little black nose, always sniffing at the ground ahead of him. He headed straight to a little heap of dried fruit that I had laid out for him, and began nibbling. Sinking back on his haunches and polishing off the pile in no time. Then, he put his little nose back to the ground and began exploring the clearing. As he padded on, he swung his head left and right to sniff at the damp grass around him. Eventually, he seemed to pick up on something sniffing more intensely than before. With such force, he seemed to be nodding his head in satisfaction. At this point, he brought up his two front paws, both adorned with sharp little claws, and began digging enthusiastically, creating a little pile of soil, akin to those I saw in the woods. Eventually, he would lose interest and follow his nose to another patch, plodding along obediently after it. He dug three little holes. To what end, I do not know. Then ambled back into the woods, jingling the little bell as he left, as if exiting a corner shop. I smiled as he left satisfied to have finally laid my eyes on this late-night visitor, who may well know the clearing even better than I do. I had the same feeling that I had when I was a kid, when we would leave something out for the hedgehogs in the garden 
in the winter when it would get dark early. I would sneak downstairs after bedtime and watch them scuttling around the garden. Eventually, we had a whole family of the little creatures ambling around our little yard. They always seemed extra playful, zooming over the grass like bumper cars at the fairground. I remember pressing my head against the window to peer out and look at their pointed little snouts as they gorged on the food, trying to count their spines and how many toes they had on each tiny pink foot. In that garden, we had many visitors, including small brown moles. My mum called it a mole problem, but I didn't think it was a problem at all. I thought it was fantastic. My mum would grumble at each new brown hill that sprung out of the little green lawn, perplexed and annoyed by the destruction of her carefully tended grass. But I felt a little thrill at each new hill, as it meant the moles were still here, sharing our home, tunnelling around in the darkness with their little paws, scratching at the earth in front of their pink noses. I would rush out and crouch over the hills, dreaming about what lay under my feet, would picture miles of little underground corridors connecting little candle-lit lounges and carpeted libraries. I pictured the moles sat around little dining tables carved from tree roots and sleeping in beds made of flower petals. My mum would have me put on my walking boots and come out into the garden with her instructing me to stomp and jump around to drive the little moles away. She thought that, like us, they would be put off by noisy neighbours. I would pretend to stomp along, but I would be theatrical about it, really making the smallest impact I could, hoping they would stay. I smiled to myself at the memory from my pond-side hideout in the woods, realising how part of me has always been captivated by the natural world and all of the little creatures I have come by. I closed my eyes and focused on the sounds of the woods. I could still hear the low echoing ribbits of the frogs and the slow lapping of the pond. The water sloshed gently against the reeds and I heard a faint bubbling sound as some creature bobbed below its surface. The breeze rustled through the drier leaves of some of the trees which were preparing to drift down from their branches. It was a satisfying, dry, 
papery noise, which paired with the slow brushing of pine needles rubbing against bark. The pine needles all remain vibrant, and they will stay evergreen all through the autumn and winter. I love the falling of the leaves in autumn. I love watching them crumple and darken, begin to be streaked with vivid yellow and burnt orange. I love it when they change their colour entirely, and the woodlands are lit with the colours of sunshine and fireplaces. Then, I love the sounds they make once they have slowly drifted to the floor to crackle underfoot. Some trees can look a little bare in the winter, but I've never minded. It just brings my attention to their textured bark and twisted knots, their ancient vines and twisting roots. It also makes it easier to look up into the crisp blue skies overhead and count the clouds. I focus deeper on my hearing. I could hear the hollow tapping of a woodpecker in the distance, whose beak was drumming against the hard bark of a redwood creating a softly echoing knocking, a slow, reliable, soothing rhythm that played under the forest's more unusual sounds. Some kind of insect was still trilling in the long grass. A grasshopper, maybe, high-pitched and reminiscent of warm, sleepy summer days. Eyes still closed, I grasped a handful of leaves and crumbled them in my palm, savouring the crisp rustle as it crumbled to a dust. I could feel the bark comfortably pressed against my back through my t-shirt and the softness of the earth beneath my feet. took a deep, long inhale. The fresh air was fragranced with the earthy smell of the soil and the vibrant pine needles and the delicate scent of honeysuckle and meadow sweet. As I was on the verge of being lulled to sleep by the soothing sounds and scents of the scene, I heard a rustle ahead and opened my bleary eyes. Across the pond, the doe emerged into the grassy clearing. She lowered her head as if bowing to scratch her ear against a tree before picking her way into the center of the clearing. She raised her velvety nose into the air then and sniffed to the left and to the right of herself 
once satisfied, she ambled towards the pond and took a slow, long drink with her front hooves in the shallows of the cool water. She seemed to watch her reflection for a while in the slow ripples of the pond. I observed her the whole time, and she seemed oblivious of my presence, nestled away as I was. Eventually, she turned around and took a few paces to the edge of the clearing, twitching her tuft of a tail as she went. Seemingly without much thought, she sunk down on her haunches, lowered her graceful neck, and closed her wide eyes. She seemed to fall asleep immediately, surrounded by vibrant green moss and little toadstools. She looked like an illustration of a children's book, Before long, with another rustle, a second deer emerged from the trees, just a little bigger than her. He too seemed familiar with the clearing. He sank down beside her and settled down to sleep, his head resting on her flank. It was a peaceful image that I no longer felt the need to intrude on. I quietly stood and crept off through the trees towards my own clearing. Otto was waiting for me next to the softly glowing fire, wagging his little tail excitedly. On my re-entry to the clearing, he barreled over to me and leant against my calf as I bent to rub his side. He seemed happy to see me, as always. I really do appreciate having a loyal friend like Otto, as much as the little dog seemed to have a life of his own. He seemed to share most of his time with me because he simply enjoyed my company and I enjoyed his. There's not much more peaceful than sitting in the idyllic clearing of nightfalls, the snoozing pup at my side. I scratched his head and said, Hello. I saw a steady wisp of steam rising from the kettle and mingling with the smoke of the fire. My tea was ready simmering gently from where I left it, hanging high above the gentler flames. I poured it into my favourite mug and took my tea over to the beach. I let my body sink into the sand as I slowly sipped it, sleepy from the slow afternoon. I would go for a hike later, maybe visit Lyra around the bend, I even had grand plans to take up whittling later in the evening, 
inspired by a beautiful fallen branch I had found and brought back to the clearing. The green and colour of the wood was so beautiful, I thought I may try and create something with it. Woodwork isn't something I'm well practised in, and I had no real need for anything new. But I thought it seemed like a good way to use my hands and be a little creative for the afternoon. But for that moment, I just wanted to enjoy how relaxed my body felt and let the afternoon stretch out sleepily around me as I lounged at the edge of the lake. I laid back and looked up at the clouds as they drifted overhead. They were particularly white today and particularly soft and billowing, stretching out in tufts and swirls across the sky, drifting gently to the left, and a breeze I couldn't detect from down here. Otto came and nuzzled into my side, and I lifted my arm and placed it around him as he tucked his nose behind his paws and began to sleep. As I lay there with Otto at my side, a hot cup of tea in my hands, and the rustles and whistles creaks and squeaks of nature sounding around me. It felt like I was right where I was supposed to be, present as myself, a small part of an intricate system, much greater than me. I felt protected and safe and ready for an afternoon snooze. And so, listening to the whoosh of the water through the fine sand by my feet, I drifted off on the beach, leaving any plans for another day. <laughs>